Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Hey, welcome to Roadcase, everybody. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I am so psyched to be here for this episode with Lily Winwood. It was a really great conversation. So glad that you're all here. If you're here on Roadcase for the first time, welcome to the show. If you're a returning and or longtime listener, thanks so much for your support. So glad to have you back for this one. There's a number of different ways that you can get involved in the Roadcase community and help out this show. And I, I've mentioned many times I really do rely on the support of all you amazing listeners to just help do those little things that are just quick and easy and help out Roadcase a lot. So if you enjoy that show, you can follow us on, if you enjoy this show, you can follow us on Roadcase Pod, at Roadcase Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Give us a follow. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can shoot us an email at info at roadcasepod.com. And if you want to find out more information about the show, our website is www.roadcasepod.com. Pod.com. Another quick and easy way to help support Roadcase is to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And that's super easy to do. You're probably on Spotify or Apple Podcasts right now. I know those are two of the most popular streaming platforms to listen to podcasts. Uh, if you're on Spotify at the Roadcase homepage where you came in and found us, there is a little box that says follow there. If you click that, and uh, that will subscribe you to Roadcase. And you can do the same. If you're on Apple Podcasts, there's a check mark up in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, clicking on that one will subscribe you to Roadcase. And doing that, those things on both those platforms and other platforms allow you to receive updates as to when new episodes come into the world. And another great way to help support Roadcase is to rate us and write a review as well. On Spotify, uh, you can just... Right under that follow box, there's a box with some stars. Click on that on Apple Podcasts. You just scroll up from the Roadcase homepage, and there's a place with some stars and a place to write a review. It really helps out the show if you can do that. And I thank all of you for your continued support of this podcast. Uh, I am uh, really honored that you're all here. Thanks so much for joining us for this one. So I've got Lily Winwood on the show. Lily is just a lovely human, really had a great conversation with her. She really uh, knows how to connect. And uh, we just had a really, really fun time chatting. Uh, Lily has recently rolled through um, Chicago uh, in support, touring in support of, of um, Jackie Green. And uh, she came through Chicago's Lincoln Hall, where we had a chance to chat. And I wanted to have her on the show. I just really love her vibe. Uh, she moved to Nashville permanently when she was 18, but has spent time back and forth uh, between the UK and Nashville uh, throughout her young life. Um, of course, her father is Steve Winwood of Spencer Davis Group, Traffic Fame. Steve also had an amazing solo career in the 80s uh, with his album Back in the High Life that features a single Higher Love, which is uh, heard in a, a number of places constantly because it's just an amazing song. And I talked to Lily. She's just got a really lovely relationship with her 
with her dad. But, you know, Lily has uh, came to Nashville intentionally after she finished high school in the UK to hone her songwriting craft. Uh, initially started out in writer's rooms in Nashville and then began to write more with uh, with just friends. And she really really loves to do that. And it's um, uh, really informative to listen to what her unique process was. And uh, she has a nice relationship with her father as well, and has been able to bounce musical ideas off of him and just learn uh, what, uh, learn from him and take advantage of his experience in the business and musically. And it's been really beneficial for her. And it's really nice to hear about such a nice relationship that they, that they have. Lily released her first EP in 2017 entitled silver stage. And, uh, in 2021 produced her first album time well spent and followed that up with an album talking walls in 2022, all just, uh, super amazing and lovely songwriting efforts and the music is just flowing it's just really feel good music she says she's in a really good feel good, really uh fun feel good summary mood right now for her latest songwriting efforts so uh you'll learn so much about lily here and we just have a really really nice conversation and i'm so glad she was on the show and i'm also so glad that you're all here to listen to this one thanks again for being here and thanks for your continued support of road case and uh i want to send a special thank you to lily winwood for being here on this episode of Roadcase, and here we go. Hey, Lily, nice to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah, it's so great to see you again. I saw you when you played at Lincoln Hall recently when you were open for Jackie Green, and that was that was just wonderful, and um, we got a chance to to talk a little bit and I got to, to get to know you and um, so glad, so glad that you're here. So where are you, uh, where are you sit? Are you, you're in Nashville right now, I take it? Yeah, I'm in Nashville. I'm at home. I am at my office, AKA my kitchen table. Yeah. Um, we have, <laughs> I live with my boyfriend and we have a studio and that's kind of his office. And then my office is the kitchen table. So I could like look out the window, see who's walking by and just kind of, have the have the whole kitchen area here so so yeah. wait so Just wait you're in east home. nashville though like people walking by i don't really equate that without it's sort of like oh my gosh late. yeah yeah it's it's kind of ridiculous but it because east nashville's just being kind of like it's such a hot commodity right now yeah. like all of these really old houses are being torn down and there's like five houses that are built in like one lot so it's this really weird thing of like you know, one side of the street can kind of be like more kind of like safe to walk around in. Whereas like, you know, you walk a couple blocks over and it's, you're kind of like in the hood and like, you know, it's just a little less a little safe sketchier. to like walk around. And yeah. yeah. So it's this really kind of weird, like gentrification thing happening right now, but so many people I like, and I always say that I think people have, there's more dogs in East Nashville than there are people. <laughs> So every like, the average like, dog owner has, has more than dog. one dog. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. And like you walk out of the front door and you can probably hear about like five dogs barking. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, we were just talking about my dog before we started. So which my yeah. my listeners know that I have that, that I talk, love dogs and I I live in a great dog neighborhood too in the South Loop in Chicago. I live right across from Grant Park. So I joke my dog's got like the biggest front yard in the whole in the oh, whole city. Oh yeah, there right? you go. Which is closed down for like half of 
half of the summer because of all the events they do in the park. Which I was going to say, isn't irony. that just like a... Oh. It's like a venue, basically. It's frustrating. There's a Nash, there's a NASCAR event that's happening over July 4th weekend where they're shut, literally shutting Lakeshore Drive, which is like the biggest thoroughfare in the city, really. Oh, my gosh. From north to south. I mean, it's just going to be an absolute shit show. So I'm getting out of here for that weekend. But I like all the people that's going to bring to town, too. I bet that's going to be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, there's part of me that wants to see it, but part of me that just doesn't want to be here. And it's a good opportunity to kind of take a break yeah. and go visit, go visit some family <laughs> In California. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but you have an interesting perspective. I mean, I don't, except for musicians that I've, um, that I've interviewed in, uh, that are British and live over there, you've had, you know, a back and forth sort of more Nashville based now, but you kind of, yeah. you spent your time going back and forth ha- um, between, how do you pronounce it? You, you grew up in Gloucester. Is that how you say it? Ah, Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. Okay. There's yeah. a lot of shears. You have a good memory. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also did a little bit of research maybe for this interview on you. So, you know, ah, I see. <laughs> just to give a, to um, give away trade secrets, you know, you do yeah, do a exactly. little reading. There's a thing. There's a thing <laughs> called Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, so yeah, what, no, was, I, yeah, um, what was that like? So your dad, your, your, your dad, Steve Winwood, um, met your mom who lived in Nashville. So you kind of split time back and forth or did they live together? I didn't really understand that. Yeah, so it's, first of all, the way that they met is the cutest story in the world. I think it's like my mom had never really left Tennessee before. Uh-huh. And she, um, sorry, getting a phone call. Yeah. She had never left Tennessee before. And so she went on a girl's trip up to New York City. Uh-huh. And I think she went to like a little jazz club and... My dad was either playing or in the crowd and met her and was like, I think you're the most beautiful girl in the world. Uh, you got to marry me. Uh, and she was wow. a bit like, oh, you don't want to marry me. I'm from Tennessee, all this stuff. And this was like, you know, right before Roll With It and all that. Yeah. And so, you know, he, he, he had like had a name by that point. And she, I think, was just a bit overwhelmed by it. But eventually, like he found her hotel room and was sending her flowers. And she was like, OK, uh. yeah. I'll go out with you. Just, just give me a second. And she went and she finished school at Belmont and then they got married and had my sister within like a year. So, right. so this was like round about like early nineties ish when they met. Like, no, probably like late eighties. Oh, so he stalked her for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of fast, right? You're like, Oh, I mean, literally it's like, Oh, I need, I want to marry you. Okay. That's fair. I, I feel guess. like th- things were just kind of like that in the eighties. No, I feel like was everybody it? just kind of like live life on a limb, man. Yeah. Let's get married. I don't know. That's how I like to think it was like, <laughs> well, cause that was the story of your parents, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I that feel was... like people are just way too precautious these days. It's boring. Is it boring? You like to throw yourself right into things because I like think like it's to have a little bit of measure well I've learned over the course of my life that to have a little bit of a little be a little circumspect about things I guess it's hard not to get um, completely caught up in the romantic side of a relationship and it sounds all fun and you get all but that's led me down a road to be with people that maybe I should not have been with I should figure it out first and then I like to as I get older, I sort of like to just go slower. I don't know if that's maturity. 
I think I know that it's about experience, which I guess equates to maturity. But are you of the yeah. different mindset? You kind of like. I is, think you know. I is think your boyfriend that is there right now? You can talk about this. <laughs> He's actually not. <laughs> but um, no, I I don't know what what are you? When's your birthday? Mm. What's your star? Twenty third of December. What's my what? What'd you say? Your star sign. So you're a Sagittarius. Uh, it's it's the the it's the 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 border of Sagittarius and um and Capricorn. Ah, okay. And so I, I first of all, I'm gonna pretend like I even know <laughs> the first thing about all I of don't, that. Yeah, but I just know myself. I just fall in love so quickly uh, and like get so head over heels so quickly, and I just kind of like to throw myself into things and then maybe like. I don't know, ask forget for forgiveness down the line as opposed to kind of taking things slowly. But right, right. I think I wouldn't I wouldn't use that as like advice by any means, but <laughs> so, uh, I think that's act, just me. Act first and then like think later is the sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So has that exactly. gotten you into trouble or you you have a boyfriend now? Like I mean, like the Oh, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, I think I can count on both hands the amount of times that that's definitely gotten me into trouble but i don't know i like i like to live life like that you know yeah just kind of diving in head first i am a musician after all yeah i mean it's a part of being passionate it's a part of being having um you know a passion for for things that you do and that translates into us kind of all sort of walks of all areas of one's life i mean there is kind exactly. of exactly you know, I feel like I'm like that too, but then there's kind of a side of my head because I've worked a lot about it in therapy and in personal coaching that I do that, you know, maybe that's, it's not so good. I've learned that it's not the best for me. And yeah, know, yeah, there you go. But Every, see, everybody's different. But I see the passion and I love the passion of musicians that do that and make mistakes yeah. and throw themselves head <laughs> over heels, makes for great songs, for great artistic Im expression. And, and, and I'm, and I'm here yeah, for that. Yeah, right. And I'm it's like at that. the end of the day, I'm just looking for a reason to write a song. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> it's top of mind now as my daughter is like 20, around your age, um, 20, she's, she's uh, turning 26 in a month. Uh, we just saw the show in, um, where was it in New Jersey or something. So she was all, Oh my gosh. Was it amazing? I mean, you know, she grew up with that music, so it was really a cool experience for her. It was the first time she had seen Taylor Swift. So it was fun for me to get the review from, from my daughter about, you know, what that was like to, to be in that kind of environment. Yeah. She had good seats, you know, she was able to see that. And it sounded like me talking about a My Morning Jacket show, which I've also taken, yeah. <laughs> which I've also taken her to. But, you know, it was like, yeah. oh my God, it was so amazing to see these songs and see them come to life. And, you know, I grew up with this, but she couldn't stop talking about it. It was, and I've, oh my gosh. everyone's seen clips from the show so far. It looks, um, you know. Oh my gosh. Well, that's, that's really fun. I actually just took my mom to her first my morning jacket show in September, but um, the Taylor Swift oh, the one show that it was in Nashville, at the, the one at the Ascend. I think I had tickets. Yeah, for it, but I yeah. couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. And you like, I guess I just didn't realize how like 
serious my morning jacket fans are i've i brought my like my tiny like 65 year old mom and we're in the crowd and there's just people like moshing you know and singing along to every single world and she yeah. loved it wait was there she moshing happened She's- i mean in defense of my morning jacket fans i don't think like a lot of I've, i haven't seen a lot of moshing happen in a show but it was like okay it wasn't like moshing but it was definitely like a tight-knit crowd that was like you know yeah getting <laughs> on. i don't think it was, was like a off. Aggressive is like moshing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that's cool. So so, um, let's go back to growing up on both sides of the pond. Like, what did that look like for you? Oh, my gosh. I mean, well, first of all, my education on paper is like so odd because I I went to school in the UK until I was probably about 15. And Mm. then I came to Nashville and did freshman and sophomore year of high school in Nashville. Oh, okay. And then I was kind of like the the education system over here like I it kind of just threw me off a bit and it was also that kind of age where I was just like acting out a lot and you know you're all like yeah. rebellious when you're 15 16 so True. it made more sense for me to just finish school off in the UK. Uh-huh. So I did like 2 years of high school here and then 2 years of high school in the UK. And well, then I I finished school and moved back to Nashville. That can and be pretty traumatic like to like years. have to move high schools, right? Like you presumably have Oh yeah, I mean then, I I'm what? in therapy. Well, <laughs> aren't we all? Well, that's good though. Yeah. Like what um what precipitated that move in high school? Cuz like to take a kid out of high school is kind of pretty rough. Oh, music, music for sure. I think like I I came over here very much with the intention of like wanting to write a lot and get into the country music business. No, I mean like when you were, Lily, when you were like a freshman and sophomore in high school, when you came over. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you made, you said, I want to, so your mom and dad didn't live together. They did, or they had two houses or what what was that? They, they did, but they, they had two houses and my mom primarily spends time in Nashville. My dad primarily spends time in the UK. Oh, okay. And so, and so she, she kind of was living here most of the year anyway. So I, I would come over and like basically just live with her yeah, and sure. did those two years of high school. And like the, you know, at that point I was already like really into music and I loved country music. And uh. so I think the idea of it was to kind of get my foot in the door when realistically, I don't think my parents and I oversaw sort of what realistically happened, which was a 16 year old being like, fuck you, mom and dad, I'm going to go like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, whatever, smoke weed and like, go right. skip school and stuff. So, so you it sold just, it, you, you know. sold it in one way to them. And then you got here. And now, now in retrospect, oh, yeah. you're like, oh, I, I fucked that up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. um, so then you went back and you finished. I'm also glad. And then, yeah, I went back and I just like to this day, I'm so glad that I did kind of move back to the UK and finish the last two years of high school because the crowd I was hanging out with over in Nashville when I was like 15, 16 years old, like mm-hmm. I, I truly like I truly don't think I would be alive right now if if I was still kind of carrying on down that path. Like, I I mean, like oh you want to talk about like the the opioid epidemic. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's crazy. And, I, and I've lost a lot of friends to it. And I think like if I truly were to like continue down that path, that would have kind of swallowed me up too. So I just, I seriously thank my lucky stars that I did finish my two years of high school in the UK and kind of like got that out of the way and then yeah. moved back to Nashville kind of like 
not not living under my parents' roof and, you know, had very much just the means of my own to sort of get into the music industry and, and start writing and kind of do that on my own as opposed to kind of like living under my parents' roof yeah. and, and, you know, like kind of being under their rules and all that. So yeah. it was just, you know, well, I, that, I, mean, I wouldn't. That's kind of a natural progress. I mean, you were 18, you graduated from high school exactly. and you came back and you got to be, you got to kind of live on your own. Although it is, it is really young. Did you, did you go to college? I didn't No. Yeah. That's, I mean, 18 is really young. Like, um, I know like my kids and many kids who choose to go to university or college, like at least they have a structured environment to begin their transition yeah. into adulthood. You know, I yeah. would, I would but be that, nervous see, sending my kid English... out at 18 and just go out, you know? Yeah. Wow. But that's where I think that the English education system is a lot more advanced because you get, you know, you get sent to boarding school in the UK when you're like, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old. So it's yeah. basically like it starts a lot starting your there. independence yeah. that young. Yeah. And like the way the education system works, it's like you narrow down the subjects that you want to do when you're like 14 years old. Yeah. And then you do these things called GCSEs and A-levels, which actually are A-levels. You take the last two years of high school in the UK, but it's the equivalent of a two-year degree in the US. So it's like technically I have, but it's just not, yeah. you know, it, it just, tr it translates so differently. And totally. I yeah. get that. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I lived in Italy for quite a few years. And while I was in college, yeah, when I was in college in the late eighties, I did a year abroad studying. I went to university of California in Santa Barbara and I did a year abroad program in Italy. It's almost identical to, so I, by the time that I'm uh, you know, I was at college with my cohorts. They had basically already, I was like a junior in college, but they were telling me like their high school is basically like the first two years or at least those that had studied in, in America also. So I'm talking to yeah. them. What did you find the differences were? And as I soon discovered, you know, the last two years of high school, there's like kind of like the first two years of college for us from an educational yeah. standpoint, you know, they, you yeah. get such an amazing general education background in high school, way more in depth than we do here. I think the assumption in this country is that everyone's going to go to college and do the same. Yeah. Yeah. So but, that's, and do yeah. you know what? I, I don't, I don't know if I personally actually agree with that. I, because I think it is just a lot of pressure to put on a teenager when you're that young to mm. kind of basically decide what you want to be when you're older. That's true. That's um, true. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that goes with people, but um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of pressure to kind of know what you want to do. Some people react to that in certain ways and others, you know, can go off and it kind of some sort of negatively affect you. But growing up young with your dad, um, was was he around a lot? Did you play music with him? Uh, was it was it a musical? I mean, to ask if it were a musical household, I do ask that question, and oftentimes the answer is no. My parents were not musical, but in your case, I assume I know what the answer is. But how? What? What? What impact did that have on you early on? One hundred percent. But it's it's funny because I, I I really think that my household was musical in like a very non traditional way, like. My dad's big passion is um, rhythm and mm. like diff different kinds of Latin rhythms. And, and it's such a complicated thing to even begin to understand. Mm. And so I, 
you know, there's a, there was a lot of like jamming that went on in our house. My brother is a um, percussion player. And so often it would be like my dad and my brother kind of trying to teach each other different kinds of rhythms. And then he'd be like, hey, Lil, you get on bass. And what would be a four note baseline would be like to this day I'm like oh it's so complicated <laughs> and it's so hard to do and it's it's math it's just like counting the whole time and and like you know me personally that's not I have such a uh like I don't know like I I really think that that is such a cool thing for them to get into but I just mm. personally am not into it yeah and I I think like just from spending my summers in Nashville growing up, I I had a real passion for songwriting as mm. opposed to like playing in itself and, and the different rhythms, which is oh, what my dad yeah. is is very into so and what I, I grew up around. Did you bring that so to, it, did you did you talk about that with him and and kind of bat that that those differences around with him? I'm wondering as what his um reaction was to that. In a, in a sense, I mean, he's he's nothing but supportive. Like, I, I couldn't mm. ask for a better dad. He, yeah. He's he's so supportive. He always shows up. And he, I don't think we ever really, like, had a conversation about it. But I've sent him songs of mine that he's been like, hey, this is really cool. What if we do this? And then he'll kind <laughs> of send me back a version with, with all these different kind of rhythms on it or organ oh, cool. on it. and. And um, are you okay with that? Does we'll, that fuck with your mind? You know, sometimes I don't use it, <laughs> <laughs> but I really appreciate it. And I'm always, I'm always looking for a reason to to bond with him and yeah. and use, you know, his incredible knowledge on in music and rhythms and and actually one thing that he is really gotten into in his older age. He's he's 75 now. Mm-hmm. He actually just just had his birthday we were over in the uk oh, for happy it but birthday, he, Steve. he um yeah <laughs> happy birthday <Steve. laughs> but um we were um so one thing he's really gotten into in his older age is like choral music and and mm. growing up i don't think we were very overtly like religious we didn't go to church every sunday you know it i think we would definitely like call ourselves Christians, but it didn't, it wasn't something that was like a regular practice of us. So it's definitely something he's kind of like become really passionate about in his old age is like the old Anglican choral music and, and like Gregorian chanting, which is like, Oh my gosh, just a whole nother thing. But he, he is so passionate about it. So, you know, to answer your question, I, I did, grow up in a very musical household but it's like not the music that i was necessarily into Mm, interesting so yeah yeah (laughs) well you were you were lucky to be able to be exposed to both things i mean that just sounds like musical for like a true um not to take anything away from singer songwriting but that is kind of just be the the way your dad's looking at it is like this true really musicianship appreciation of different forms of expression, I guess. This is like, yeah, 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 yeah. And that that exactly. didn't align with you. But there's that musical curiosity that's that you have and you chose to express it in a different way. I yeah, and I will say now that I have 
gotten older and you know I have been in the songwriting field for a few years it's mm. like I, I almost appreciate it it's like I can come back to it now that I've like done my own thing I can come back to it and really appreciate it and kind of take elements of that and maybe use it in some of my songwriting or at least just like when I hear it I can name it yeah and even just have that skill of being able to be like oh that's a timbali like that's a you know yada 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 all right. these things but it, that'll probably you know, come in I, handy one day yeah, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this, as, as long as we're on the subject of your growing up and your dad, et cetera. You did like this incredibly gorgeous version of Higher Love with your dad. Um, I did. Which was absolutely beautiful. And you probably know like how incredibly popular that song was. And um, those two... Uh, the the albums that your dad did primarily in the 90s, Ark of the Diver... Um, was absolutely in incredible um and um and now i'm forgetting the album with higher love <laughs> i should have wrote it down i think it's just higher love no is it is I it okay yeah we know the song i know the songs like i have that whole album <laughs> i went back to that album like last night and i'm like oh my god this is why i was like you know, just to kind of like as a refresher, <laughs> just to get in the mindset. Um, absolutely beautiful. You did this incredibly gorgeous acoustic version with him and it was for a commercial or something like that. Or, and yeah, by the way, um, it just actually warmed my heart that, you know, with the dad and the daughter thing, it's just, it crushes oh. me. Like, it was so sweet. Um, but yeah. wait, but it was like for a commercial or something like that. Tell yeah, me. Yeah. So that. it, it was actually so funny. Like that, I think like James Vincent McMorrow did a very stripped down version. And I will say like today, when you walk around, I hear higher love. I shit you not like once a day, like remixes, like Whitney <laughs> Houston's done a remix, like Kygo's done a remix, like all it's these kind different of just people. Part like, of the fabric of modern society now is what Steve. Wynn yeah. Like that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. That's crazy. If it's your dad, I guess, but it's also, one, yeah. it's also fucking amazing and wonderful. Oh my gosh. The Publix that I go to by my house has like the Steve Winwood like deep cuts just on repeat. <laughs> like every time I go in there, I'm like, I don't even know this song. Right. It's my dad um, is haunting but, me everywhere I go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a downside, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, to answer your question, I like, so I think one of the first covers of that that had been done, you know, way back in like 2012 or whenever the hell that was, it was like James Vincent McMorrow did a very stripped down version. And I think my dad had heard that or come across it and was like, oh, like Lily, I think your voice would actually sound really good. Oh, that's cool. Doing something more like this, like stripped back. And so he put down like some piano. I, I think that's really the only instrument that's on that track is piano. So I think he put that down. And then um, I can remember I was home from school because I was sick. I had like glandular fever or something. Mm. And I like was just all like stuffed up. And, yeah. um, and he was like, hey, Lil, come, come, come sing on this track. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm so sick. And he was like, no, just, just try it. Just give it a go. And I got in there. And like to this day, whenever I hear that track, I'm like, I couldn't sing like that if I'd if that was a gun to my head, like I, I sound nothing like I do when I sing now. And it's, I'm just like so congested. And That's like the general gross. disclaimer for that. I'll have to go back. Is that the actual, the state you were in in that actual video? I don't, 
think that's uh, a video. I, I saw something uh, where you were playing an acoustic version with 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 your dad. I, maybe I was, oh uh, oh maybe I yeah I maybe, maybe like I didn't a live s- version or something like that. Um, but no, in the recording that's like oh, on okay. Apple Music or whatever, yeah. it's I'm like definitely very stuffed up. And then <laughs> we just they ended up using it for a Hershey's commercial. Which was really cool, you know. I was like eighteen, and this happened, and I was yeah. like, "Oh man!" Like I, I was sick. Like I, <laughs> I had no idea that this was going to lead to this. So, right. yeah, it was super cool. And wait, it play, did it play during the Super Bowl? I read. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. You wouldn't know. Also- Come on, you would know if it played during the Super Bowl. What are you talking about? I well, I lived in the UK at the time, and I like oh, I don't watch football. Are you fr- kidding me? Oh, okay. I thought maybe, <laughs> or even your friends could report back. But anyway, anyway, that's that. That's a big. Uh, that's a big deal. <laughs> it's great that you guys have a good relationship, and like clearly, you got it's it, it yeah. has it has benefited you in a number of different ways. That's super cool, and um, yeah. You, you, we talk, you talked about my morning jacket earlier. I read a review uh, of your um, of time your. 2021 album time well spent which is which is wonderful it was in guitar girl magazine and they talked about that you, that it's kind of also um uh some of the lyrics and the vibe sort of they compared it to my morning jackets quote-unquote ethereal twang basically oh, yeah so there you yeah are. There i mean are. that's the huge compliment yeah. i don't i wouldn't say that any of my music really desperately sounds like jim james or my morning jacket but i I do love them so much i i listen to them all the time me and my boyfriend like that's how when we first got together that was like the one thing we bonded on so much we went to this festival called um railbird oh you were at the railbird back in august of 2021 where the disaster with the no water and everything yes Yes. oh my gosh i went to the show in charlotte i think it was either one night or two nights before that was their tour opener and they hadn't played except for like four shows in 2019 they hadn't played in years Um, yeah it was their first show right right charlotte like that the charlotte show was their first show back after yeah, COVID, yeah. after everything, it was that's why I went. Uh, I was supposed to go to Railroad the next day. I had a couple VIP passes, which like entitled you just like some air conditioned lounges, some water. Then, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I gave those away to some friends, but then I got it was it was the best non like the best choice of not going to a show that I ever made. Yeah. I'm, well, do you know what I will say? I did walk away from that festival being like, I feel like people will just look for any reason to complain because they did have water it was just like a line it was just like a long line to get to it which so i guess they didn't have like enough stations or something so you know they heard the complaints and they came through the next day and they They did chucking out water bottles and all right this is this is this is a new hot take because like all i ever heard was like people could have died Oh my god! No, really? I didn't mean, you, you didn't go back and read all about that? It was like an, people. Okay, fine. I remember That's, that I, being I a huge like up in air thing and everybody complaining about it. But like me and my friends' experience, like I, I mean, I, <clears throat> yeah, I you kind were like twenty three, young like, and used to the heat in Tennessee. Like I would have been melting and dying and <laughs> angry. I heard, I, I heard like people were buying cocktails because it had ice in it. And they didn't have big yeah. enough water stations for people to fill up their reusable water. I don't know. It, it was it was a long time ago. But yeah, so you went yeah, to Railbird. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. We went to Railbird and we saw My Morning Jacket and just had the best time. Mm. And do you hear you do hear now what I said about slurping my dog drinking water? 
I can barely, I can barely hear it, but yeah, they, I don't, it doesn't strike me that basset hounds are like the neatest of eaters or drinkers. Like, oh, his ears, like, here, uh, let me see if I can get him for you. Right. Buzz, come here. Come here, buddy. You just got to look at this elephant. We're going to get a live, a live view of, um, what's his name? Buzz? Buzz, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> He's huge. Can you say hi? Hey, he doesn't look too too he excited. He's like, what's going on? Do they do basset hounds ever appear to be excited about life, or is oh, it just gosh, kind of wait a thing till the that, mailman comes? Oh, uh, it's like barking and craziness. <laughs> oh my gosh, howling! Oh. He he has it out for the mailman. I'm like, we like him. He brings us. <laughs> yeah, he's a good things guy. that I've shopped for online. Right, save the barking for actual intruders, but you, you can't exactly. really. You, it's hard to differentiate. You don't want him not barking at the mailman because that would probably mean that he's not barking at some stranger that's coming to the door at 3 a.m. Got yeah, exactly, right, exactly. Right. Um, so. After you were done with high school, you moved back to Nashville to explore mm -hmm. your 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 musical interests, and you'd been writing songs. You've been writing songs since you were um, much younger. Um, kind of talk to me about your own vibe of songwriting and what that permanency back in Nashville meant to you from an artistic standpoint. Um, so I think when I first moved here, I I had like tried my my feet at like getting into writing rooms with other people, but the idea of like being thrown into a room and, and somebody being on the outside, like, come on, make us a hit just was like so daunting mm. to me and just felt like so inauthentic. And so for the so, longest so you went, time, so you I went down that, you went down that road. Sorry to interrupt you. So you went down that road of kind of traditional Nashville songwriting early and see what that At was like. First, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Just to clarify. And then, and then I moved away from that. And mm. for several years I would write with maybe like two or three people I was super comfortable with. But then I think up until recently, I like recently being like within the last six months, you kind of hit a wall where you're like, you know, you can only really get so far just working on your own and, and working with the same few people. And, and I, I've been kind of wanting to make, I don't know, kind of step outside of the box and like make more connections. And so mm. I've really just within the last six months been like saying yes to anybody who wants to write and just coming out of it. You know, it, it's always such a fruitful process and I think at first I definitely wasn't ready and I didn't have the open mindset of like going into rooms and writing with strangers. Whereas now I'm like, I love it. I love, I love meeting anybody who can come up with something like just really strange. And, and if at the end of the day, we don't like what we've made, nobody has to hear it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a process that really just recently I've like fallen in love with and, and yeah, but I love it. Even just being able to like stretch the muscle of like, using logic on my computer, which I went to school for and, and oh. really haven't ever like used up until the past like year or so. So it's just, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So going back, you, when you say going and being in writing rooms and being in rooms with other writers, was that something that happened like on a structural level with labels 
or are you still talking kind of oh, independently? Like, like publishing companies, yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's so easy to get in a writing room, with, like a professional writing room in Nashville. I think what a lot of publishing companies do is they, when you first come and like meet them, they'll set you up on these like blind dates. Mm. And I think, you know, to see if, well, this is my understanding of it, at least. I think like to see if you're really worth something to them, they'll kind of do that for a certain amount of years or certain amount of months until you kind of really prove yourself. And then they'll be like, sign the dotted line. But uh. I think, yeah, I think a lot of it's like publishing companies or like even just, even just, you know, companies like ASCAP or BMI or uh-huh. be so quick to just put you in rooms with people who they think will be a good fit. Yeah, they're just trying to like put people together and see what happens, I guess. And did that and did you did that vibe kind of jibe with you? Or you said you sort of moved over to like um writing with friends and enjoying that process. Was that kind of a more of an outcropping of not liking that that it just seems like kind of a really yeah. structured kind of corporate environment for songwriting? Yeah. Yeah. When I was like, you know, first moved to Nashville and I was like eighteen and nineteen and and tried my hand at that, I was like, oh, this is so not for me. This is so scary and daunting. And like, I'm so not even comfortable in my own skin yet. Like, how am I supposed to be comfortable in a room with a bunch of people who I just have no idea who they are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so I think eventually my writing process just turned into like, having a few beers with some buddies in the back porch and just jamming and seeing what we could come up with. And you know, I really enjoyed that. And then I quit drinking. And then I really enjoyed just kind of writing on my own. And then, yeah, just recently have I started to kind of do the thing that I was first doing when I moved to 18 and 19, but with just such a more open mindset Mm. and sense of comfortability with it. And, and, yeah, I think I needed to do everything I did before in order to get that mindset. Absolutely. Totally. That's always the way it is, like, in life, you know? I mean, you had to do those things. Exactly. It's sort of like the experience. Sometimes up. you don't, you, you, sometimes you can't really choose the experiences that you have, but they happen to you and they form who you are going forward, you know? And you either reflect on exactly. them as things that you don't want to do or things that you continue to want to repeat in your life if they're good patterns for yourself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you. So you said you, you you stopped drinking. I understand that sobriety has been part of your own journey. How was it like that? That's a that's a very mature decision to make. At what? Like, I guess you're saying oh, like eighteen you. or nineteen, or you know, I don't mean that in a patronizing way, but I mean it's it's a it's a. But especially for a young person who said like I'm gonna I'm gonna stop doing this. It, uh, obviously, what impacted drinking have on you and what impact did sobriety have on you? Well, I think Nashville and I think there's a phrase that it's like, it's a drinking town with a music problem. (laughs) That's a good (laughs) uh, one. I'm going to remember that. uh, I think there is a tendency, especially with there just being like so many young people and all the honky tonks and there being like, different stuff to do every night. I think like the drinking lifestyle really served me up until a certain point, um, which was when I was probably, I quit drinking three years ago. So I was 24, something like that. Mm. But it, it kind of served me up until that point. 
and then I sort of saw myself not really not really focusing on my music and and tended to just put my social life before anything else and it just it just didn't serve me anymore and I I found kind of when I say I'm sober I'm I'm California California sober, sober. I assumed that <laughs> But um, I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why I assume that. Yeah, probably because I met you and I get your vibe. And you're hanging yeah, out with Jack. And you're hanging out with Jackie Green too. So yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't know if I'm selling my my pink rolling papers at my. Oh, that's right. I forgot about those. I love those. I have them on my the table in my foyer. Like, Do you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're that's awfully. So funny. You, you. They're awfully long. Like you gotta be. You gotta have a commitment to that. It's like. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I you, don't smoke. You gave jo- me. Go ahead. You gave me about. 10 of your stickers did i give you 10 of <laughs> that you sti- have so i i'm probably you know i that's the best free marketing tool like i i think i'm repping you on about anything i can put a sticker oh, on thank <laughs> you so much i'm just gonna, why did we kick off with that lily <laughs> come on i gave you 10 that just sounds like i'm completely desperate like, i said like seriously so many well i think when they're brand new when they're when they're some- when i just when i when i sometimes i i grab a whole bunch and the way they print them they all kind of stick together so that's my defense so i really just gave you like a pile and it was like it was literally 10 well that's great at least you use them (laughs) yeah oh yeah they're literally on like everything so you're welcome yeah 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 all right so california sober but go go to uh, i go go buy lily's uh uh, pink rolling papers which are really cool by the way your your merch is outstanding you've really like got a lot of great items so i i applaud oh, you for that you. but um so california sober and sobriety and just to get back to that yeah um and it just i i just feel so much more clear-headed when i don't drink and and i think it does you know it does kind of at least for me i found it does take away that sort of like late night social element of nashville and like um socializing a lot more but I don't know I feel like I've been sober to the point where like I I know where what serves me and what doesn't Mm. and it yeah I just don't I think that it was something that needed to happen in order to kind of get where I am today and just feel like my true self you know so kind of like just less partying and being out there late night because like that's just, yeah. that's a hard lifestyle. I do that occasionally, but it's fun. It doesn't, I don't feel like I need to stop because I just don't do it that often. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, that's great that you're, that you're doing that. Is it hard for you to stay, to, to kind of stay out of that or? No, it was at first, but it's, it's not really yeah. so much anymore. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you recorded your first EP, Silver Stage, and it came out in 2017. Um, talk to me a little bit about the, those, like, you know, we, we alluded to um, you moving back to, back to Nashville um, after high school, moving into that songwriting world. Um, tell me about your sort of mindset early on about um, what am I, how am I going to move forward with my artistic expression as a career? Yeah. Um, well, so Silver Stage was produced um, by Joshua Barber, who is an Australian producer. He's worked with people like Goat Che, um, 
and he's unlike Archie Roach, but he he was just such a fantastic person to work with because I the few experiences I had with working with producers, it was always it was quite icky for me. Mm. It was quite I mean, like I said about kind of getting into rooms with strangers when I was that young and and feeling like I, I kind of had to like be so comfortable really quickly. And like, it was kind of like somebody was on the outside, like, you know, kid, you're going to be a star, make <laughs> us a hit. Um, but um, I, I feel like I'd had that experience as working with producers. Like I had songs that I was really happy with and I didn't necessarily want to change. And, producers that I'd worked with in the past kind of came at it with a, okay, yeah, but what if we did this? What if we did this? And sort of to really try to rearrange my songs. Whereas Josh, I think had just moved to Nashville. He was working out of his little home studio, which when I say home studio, I mean, it was like a computer, some percussion and a guitar and like, you know, none of, none of the fancy sort of like mixing boards or anything like that. It it was really just kind of stripped down and, and, he lived in East Nashville too. And he, he was just such a great guy to work with that really kind of like heard my songs and didn't try to change them, but he just brought an additional kind of like pizzazz to them. Mm -hmm. So I, to this day still think that like that first EP just really holds my heart and I'm so proud of it. And I'm so, I just like, couldn't be happier with the work that, josh put into it and just kind of how it all came out and right. yeah well can i can i make kind of the summary that it, that was the direction that you wanted to go and that you were kind of that that you found the right person was like super important for you so that was kind of the yeah. the impetus to or it was exactly a, it was um a fortunate circumstance that occurred so exactly you can move forward yeah. in a way you wanted to move away yeah the way that was felt comfortable for you yeah Exactly. Uh huh. But but so it it, it kind of feel, it does it, it feels like you sort of knew that was the direction you wanted to go in. Yeah. I mean that that right. was that was what you were that was what you were doing. I mean a, a first EP is like a big deal. I mean I I think you had a couple singles out or something like that. But um, mm-hmm. you know I like to kind of explore what that means to an artist that you know of of really walking down that path and, and putting themselves out there. Did, did you have a heart? Did, was that, is that kind of a thing that makes you nervous or anxious about putting yourself out there? I kind of will know what the answer is just as I know you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, there's also a phrase that's like, uh, Oh man, I'm not going to remember it, but basically, <laughs> you know, the, the fact that like, there's just so much in Nashville. There's so mm. like the, the choices are dizzying. Yeah. And and I think it's so, so easy to be pulled in to work with people who are like manipulative, who don't have the same kind of ideas as you. And it's, you know, especially when you're that young, it can be so easy to just be like, okay, cool. This guy says he's going to make me an EP. All right. You yeah. know, let me sell you my soul real quick. Um, <laughs> right. But I think working with Josh, I'm just so lucky I kind of ran into him when I did. And I met him through a friend of mine, Clinton Dara, who actually, you know, 
he kind of came to me with the idea of like, oh, actually, I do know a guy who's actually looking for work. And I think you guys share the same values. And he's got a really cool thing that he's brought to other artists and very original. And I don't think he's going to step on your songwriting one bit. Mm. And that to me was just like, oh, I found my soulmate. (laughs) You know? And so it was, yeah, it, it just made me so comfortable. And, and it was, I'm trying to kind of step back into that mindset of like, what, what was it like for me? Cause it was just such a long time ago. Have you continued point, to work with him? I haven't. He moved back to Australia. Uh-oh. He has a wife, he has a wife and two babies now. And so oh, okay. I think Good it just him. made more sense for him to kind of move over there, but you should definitely check out some of his work if, if you haven't already but he's yeah absolutely yeah, he's great absolutely um but time well spent kind of mirrors a little bit of the vibe your 2021 20, album time well spent sort of mirrors the vibe of um of silver stage and then i think talking walls kind of goes which is your latest or most recent from 2022 mm-hmm. sort of goes in this um a, kind of a little more um kind of expansive there's there's like a heightened level of musicality not to take anything away from the prior two ones because i think that can be true too just kind of sort of drawing trying to draw some level of contrast and differentiate it um yeah but it, it's also really beautiful and um uh talk to me about kind of where where you're at right now with that with that album um and sort of what that impact has had on just heading out on the road and i want to talk about touring a little bit with you too Oh man, I just, well, I think it, in, in true, I'm, I'm a songwriter through and through because I think, I think somebody was talking about like Rodney Crowell recently and saying that he is just such a songwriter through and through because he just will put out records and he'll keep putting them out and he'll keep doing it. And I feel like I just really am like that too. Like I just, We'll never stop writing. And, and every time I put out a record, I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. Don't, don't look at that. I got some new ones. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I just, I never stop writing. And, and I'm really proud of those two records that I put out. And I think it really mirrors kind of what I, I was envisioning at the time and what I was going through at the time. And it, it was just like through and through a, an authentic expression of me. Um, I think. Like right now, as I said, I'm really enjoying like the songwriting process with other people. And I've just been like exploring other genres a bit, which has been really like fun and, and fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm, I'm also just like what I am listening to in my daily life changes so much. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I'm loving R and B right now. I'm loving like even just some more like pop stuff I mm-hmm. love. Um, and so it's just been really fun to kind of explore that. And, and I don't, whereas I don't have a plan of like what's coming next. I, I know it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I love your positive attitude. You kind of just exude sort of just positivity and. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, <laughs> and happiness. It sounds like I don't want to, that's, I'm kind of going down the trite road, but wait, you said, you said that <laughs> like you, it. it's not true or it is. No, I mean, I really think it is. I think, you know, if as, as much shit that can be going on in daily life, I think music is always kind of the one thing that won't leave you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. yeah. And then, and you can turn to it into, in any, 
under any circumstances that you have and find something that fits your mood or something that goes contrary to the way that you're feeling at any one moment. And that can feel good too. That exactly. Can, it can lift you up or it can just auger you into the pain, further into the pain cave, which sometimes exactly. is, is, you know, it's, it's that, it's that impact. Sometimes of, you need it. It's that cathartic impact that, that it can have as well. You know, I feel like crying. I'm going to put on the national. Okay. Let's, exactly. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> They're top of yeah. mind also because I just saw them like I just saw like they're they just played four shows in Chicago so oh man four shows yeah wow. that was fun that was fun um, talk to me about touring and your relationship with being out there on the road you know you've toured with Jackie Green Todd Snyder you toured with your dad in 2017 what was that like yeah uh, oh my gosh I just love it I love it I I um I feel like I am my true self when I'm on the road and. Mm. I have, I have such a good relationship with it. And it's such a just true sense of like adventure. I mean, how could you not love going and playing to people every night? And, and I feel like I grow as an artist every single time I play. And whereas I do have some nights where I kind of walk off stage and I'm like, that wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. You, you, that is so kind of like, counteracted by all the nights that you walk away and you're like oh my gosh I feel so good about that and I my motto is like if I can play to a crowd of like I don't know how many people like 2,000 people and just get through to like one person and influence them to like do anything like break up with a boyfriend go home and write a song like I don't know, like anything. If yeah. I can do that, then I, f- then I feel like I've done my job. Yeah. And it's just such a rewarding process. And I really feel like that is just what music is about, is like just connection. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Do you get indications from your fans that you're kind of making that impact? Do you get a chance to talk to them and understand kind of where they're at and how they're feeling or just sort of like that, yeah. that, that feedback from your, your people in the crowd is, is always significant? Oh my gosh, I love it. And I think the stage where I'm at now, you know, like doing opening slots and playing to like not the biggest crowds in the world. I think I always try to make a point to kind of go, well, where I met you and just be like, hey, I'll I'll be out at the merch table. Like I'm not even necessarily trying to like sell anything to you. I just like meeting people. Yeah, come talk talk to me. I'm lonely. No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I mean, sometimes, you know, I think I know you're not lonely. Well, well, I mean, I'm not lonely, but like it, it can, you know, if you're on the road by yourself, that can be and you're like, forever away from home, that can be pretty fucking lonely. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, a lot of the artists that I talk to will tell me that, you know, it's not, it's the music is the best part of the road life experience and being, and going on tour, but it's all the other stuff, you know, loading and loading, having to travel, finding, trying to find meals, doing whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm like a very type A personality i'm very organized i love i love order i love Mm. organization and so it's the british way thrive (laughs) (laughs) well i mean you should meet my brother (laughs) Uh, he's worse or better um, oh let's just say he's not type a oh okay but um but uh i just yeah i i love it i love you know being 
being in the driver's seat. I love driving. I love uh, kind of like loading in. I love getting the merch table all organized. I love, I love all of that. However, I do feel like oftentimes that takes when when you were doing all of that on your own mm -hmm. that does take away from the creative process and you have less time to focus on your act and your your playing and your for me my storytelling and and this actually this tour that I met you on was the first time that I had a tour manager and had somebody in the driver's seat and to kind of take care of logistics for oh. me and I feel like a new woman. I feel like I, it just was so much better for me in terms of like being able to stay creative and like use all my free time to sort of like work on my set and, and my, you know, my music and what I'm actually giving to people every night as opposed to so like, you, okay, what time do I have to be at the venue? What time do I have to oh, go to sleep yeah, tonight? Like yeah. it's. So you, yeah, you, you, so. you appreciated getting those things taken off your plate, despite the fact that you're type A organizer and would happily do that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cause you can't, you, you really can't do it all. How did that, how did that come about to having a tour manager on this tour when maybe then when it sounds like you hadn't prior to that? Um, I think just the fear of getting burnt out. And I think also just the excitement of like wanting to like go on this tour with Jackie I, I had been on tour with Jackie before and had just done it solo. And this time I was bringing Oliver on the road with me, mm -hmm. who's my guitar player, fiddle player, yeah. plays it all, utility player. Um, and I knew I had him with me. And I was just kind of like, I, I, I might just use this as a trial run and just have somebody on the road with me kind of being tour manager. And if... If I like it, I like it. And if I hate it, I never have to do it again, you know? So right. it was it was very kind of like trial and error, but no error to be had. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So it was just, tri just trial then. Just trial, yeah. <laughs> um, what, does, uh, what does touring look like coming going forward with you through the summer? I see you have some dates with um, uh, in uh, June and early July, and you're doing also a benefit with Blackberry Smoke. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, this, this summer is a lot of like weekend runs and kind of just doing one-off shows here and there. I don't have any like specific opening slots or anything like that this summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm doing the, the John Driscoll Hopkins hop on a cure benefit. And that is to benefit ALS and, mm. I'm really excited to be doing that. I think they asked me only like a month ago and I was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool lineup. I, I, I like, is that the one Blackberry that smoke. Is, Oh, that's the Blackberry smoke one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Blackberry smoke one. Um, they're really cool. They're, have you seen them? They're It's a super. No, but I'm so excited. I'm you so know, excited. It's like, uh, I saw them in the burbs here and I, they also opened, they did, um, Tedeschi trucks. You're a fan of Tedeschi trucks band. And oh, yeah. yes, I am. Aren't you going to red rocks? Or are you doing something? I am. Yeah. I'm making, I'm having my first red rocks experience. Oh, it's so amazing. July 29th. Oh, well, I know I'm a, I'm a red rocks virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh reserve seats or GA or? Um, we have, so I was a bit naughty and dad actually has some connections oh, with, yeah. I think he's played with them before. So I, I actually emailed oh, the manager and I, uh, and I got a ticket by 
from them. So I, you know, hopefully it's good seats. Oh, it'll be great seats. Yeah. But make sure you yeah. walk around a bunch and just don't go to those seats right away and get in early and take in the whole atmosphere. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, come, you know, don't, you know, come early and, and, and so you can take in everything. And if you can, um, come super early one afternoon, I, probably a couple night run, right? With Tedeschi trucks. If you're yeah, going to yeah. both or something, there's a museum there that's absolutely stellar and outstanding. Oh, really? It's so much fun to see all the incredible acts. There's some great memorabilia. There's some pictures and stuff. You, there might even that's be a picture cool. of your dad in there. I don't know if you ever played Red Rocks. Did he tell you? I don't know, actually. That's a good question. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah, um, but definitely, I definitely go to the museum. It's way up on the. Uh, you got to walk up all the stairs. Just, just walk, walk to the top, or walk. You know, if you enter from the top, obviously you're going to walk down to the bottom because your seats are going to be in the fucking second row or something. So, oh my gosh, I'm so excited! I'm oh, so gonna, excited. Yeah, yeah, um, it's going to be great. But um, now I forgot what I was talking about. But summer dates and um, and and headed out. Uh, you know. That that's cool that you have the opportunity to kind of do different sorts of festivals. I mean, the summer, like really, if you think about it, do you need to, does anyone need a tour during the summer? I mean, you're invited, you're friends with so many people, you can get invited to different festivals and do all these sort of one-offs, which are great. But yeah, you are doing dates, yeah, a bunch yeah. of dates in June though, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I've got like sort of a date each weekend in June and in July, which is fun. And it's mm -hmm. nice to kind of go do those dates and then come home and then, you know, I've really kind of got the writing bug right now. So it's nice to kind of just spend some time at home and just really focus on that. Yeah, that's good. So you've got you some know. some new material for, for upcoming projects and albums? I do. Maybe, I do. Stuff, I, have, yeah. I, I have like a whole new revamped set since when you saw me in Chicago. So oh, I'm nice. so excited to kind of, I haven't played in a couple of weeks. I've been in the UK visiting my family. So I'm just like chomping at the bat, the bit to sing and get out there and play. So. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So how's that? How, um, where are you kind of, can you give us any clues as to kind of where you're at with your mindset vibe, song vibe? Like what, are, what are we looking at here, Lily? Oh, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's so. Are we still writing about like sixteen-year-old breakups? No. Oh gosh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Um, but it's. I don't know. I'm just loving like. I'm loving the vibe of like just summer right now, and like the sun being out. So it's just been nice to write like really like easy songs, yeah. easy listening, and and I don't know. I I said earlier I've just been really into like R and B right now, so it's been really fun to sort of like explore oh, cool. that genre a bit yeah. and sort of write with a lot more kind of like rhythm and bass, um, yeah. sort of mindset and yeah. I That's great. Know. You 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 have you'll have to come out to a show and see. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but you, 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 it feels like you have a great excitement about all forms of music that you're not, you don't feel like you're tied to one particular lane. And I think that that's wonderful. Not that there's anything really bad about that, especially when that lane is someone's really tried and true heartfelt expression, but I enjoy yeah. different kinds of vibes and, and different music. And, you know, you started off telling me how your dad's like into choral music now and other things and how that's <laughs> yeah. kind of, it seemed to be fascinating to you that he could be into all these kind of different genres, but maybe you have a little of that. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, there are no rules. There you go. So <laughs> the quick and dirty short answer from Lily Winwood. Yeah. <laughs> Lily Winwood speaks. There are no rules. 
<laughs> um, except don't drink and get too loaded anymore. That's 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 yeah, that, that's exactly. A, that's a good. Exactly. That's a good rule of thumb. That's Strict. Right. Strict eleven p.m. bedtime. Oh, jeez, I couldn't do that. I, 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 I don't need to, to. Drinking has not been an issue in my life, but I do like to go to bed late. Really, yeah. I am a morning person through and through. Oh, I, like, I always shit. have been. Really, that doesn't. <laughs> I'm like one of those psychos. Oh my gosh! I just I've started getting into ice baths. Oh. You're gonna think I'm psycho. Yeah, a little but bit. But okay, I already oh thought you were gosh, psycho. It... But the ice baths kind of just like <laughs> solidifies that opinion. It's so good for you. It's so good for your muscles and like your mind. Yeah, and, but like, oh how do you gosh. endure it? It's I I shit you not. It's bad <sighs> for like five seconds. You just have to like do it. I have this, I have this like little thing I got off Amazon, which is like a plunge pool. Uh-huh. And I just fill it with like ice and I fill it up with the hose every morning. And like, you know, before I like walk the dog or do anything, I just like set a timer on my phone for two minutes and I just hop in. And it's bad, like it's bad for like not even five seconds. And you, your body just gets Can used you get to fully it. submerged? Think, Do you put your head underneath too? Doesn't it like. No, no, no. no. Okay. I don't. It actually like, it like hurts. I mean, like not head. for the two minutes, <laughs> but like just to like go down and then out. No, okay, no, so, I don't. Yeah. I don't with my head, but I do right. up to like here. So you but like I mean, fill it with like, it. You got you're in the ho- you got the hose in the backyard, and then you like get like those big ass ten pound bags of ice. You've got like you got those ready yeah. to go, or these like buy a new buy an extra freezer in Amazon as well, or what? No, I have like a reusable ice bag, and I just like fill it up with water and I throw it in the freezer, ah. and then I just throw so it. So you just have a big yeah. ass ice block in there with you, okay? Yeah. And, that, and it gets all right. So you're not talking like a, you're not talking a bath full of ice. You're talking like some water and some, and a piece of ice. Some water and some right. ice, okay. and it's like I think it has all the like the benefiting effects if it's sixty degrees or below. So okay. it's not. I can like do sixty. Freezing. That's like Lake Michigan, r- like right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it does feel good. That feels good. But these things yeah. I've seen on like social media, people getting in like it's filled with ice and a little bit of water. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I don't. That's a no from me. Yeah. Like oh some my gosh. Kind of I can do like fifty degrees, maybe, but it's just like, oh my god. Still very cold. I can't. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I can't say that I'm gonna go out and try that tomorrow, Lily. But I can. <laughs> I'll consider it. I'll consider it. All right. I'll consider it. Um, well, it's been such great pleasure having you on the show. Thanks again for, for being here. I'm yeah, so glad Josh. that we made an acquaintance and, um, and you just have a, a great background, a great soul and spirit. And I can't wait to see what's oh, next you for too, you. Josh. Thanks. Thanks so much. I Lily. know. I hope we cross paths again soon. It's yeah, been really fun talking to you. I hope we do. I'm, um, I, I hope next time I come to Nashville, I'll be able to see you there. I've, I've interviewed so many uh, amazing female artists in Nashville. Um, Maggie Rose, Lindsay Lou, Aaron Ray, Lily Hyatt, with whom I know you're uh, your friends. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's been wonderful. Also, Caitlin Rose. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yeah, she's she's playing tonight in Chicago. So, um, so that'll be fun. And all those uh, all those um, amazing women I've had on the show. And uh, I can add oh, you to the yeah. list now. Oh, sweet. Well, yeah, definitely holla when you're in Nashville. We'll go, we'll go ice bathing and honky tonking. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I want to play with your basset hound too. That was one of Sammy's, yeah. um, uh, that was one of Sammy's best friends when he was a puppy is basset hounds. Cause they're a so gentle at home and they oh. like, jump all over them and play with them. And they just be like, uh, yeah, they just kind of look, give them the puppy side eye, you know? 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Um, anyway, thanks for being here, Lily. So appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much, Josh. Cheers. Bye. Okay, that was me and Lily Winwood just having a nice, nice chat. Uh, really enjoyed talking to Lily. Um, I'm so glad that I've connected with her, and I, I just I, I love her vibe. And um, what a great conversationalist! It was just really wonderful. Just kept rolling, and um, I could have talked to her forever. It was really great. Um, you know, she loves the tour, which was was great to hear. You know, she's um, you know I met her on tour and uh, with uh, when she was traveling support of. Jackie Green uh, here at Lincoln Hall in Chicago. That was really fun. Um, you know, she's she's she gets she gets out there quite a bit. If you want to, uh, she's doing some bunch of one-off dates this summer. You can see her um, uh, touring schedule if you go to her website, LilyWinwood.org. Uh, she's also doing a special music heels benefit with Blackberry Smoke, which will be really exciting. I love that band as well. Um, you know, just working hard on her songwriting craft it was really interesting to listen to her talk about that. I mean, she's fully committed to. That that after uh, you know spending a couple of years in Nashville in high school uh, which was kind of a bust for her and it was good to get out and get away from that environment which was clearly not the most healthy environment for her went back to the UK and then came back to Nashville at 18 with the expressed uh, purpose of learning her songwriting craft and that's really wonderful just really got at it and after it um you know she talks about being a songwriter through and through um and that uh you know her most her most recent uh her most recent album talking walls in 2022 she talks about being an authentic expression of herself and that's um that's that's really lovely and uh you know as i mentioned a couple times uh, you know, I have daughters uh, just around, uh, my oldest is around um, Lily's age, and I really appreciate the fact that she has a nice relationship with her dad. Um, he is Steve Winwood, very famous musician, but um, in any event, even if he weren't famous, just having a nice relationship with her dad who's into music and into music in a, in a, in a very... Um, uh, you know, they had a musical household growing up, but it was in kind of a very non-traditional way to hear her talk about it. And, uh, you know, she mentioned that it wasn't necessarily the music that she was into. Steve is really, uh, apparently into, uh, choral chants and other kinds of rhythm music, a uh, little bit different than what Lily is into. But, uh, on the other hand, uh, he is a musician through and through and is, um, also, uh, been ex extremely supportive of her career and a number of different really great ways that have been beneficial to Lily. And that's, that's always great to hear. Um, and you know, the, it was interesting to listen to her talk just, uh, there at the end about adding a tour manager to this particular tour in order to allow her to focus on the creative side. But, you know, she does say that she is really a logistics person, loves being out there on tour, loves getting stuff done, being in the right place at the right time, uh, traveling from city to city and doing all that stuff, but no one can do everything. And, um, you know, I applaud her for, it's a hard, to like delegate to somebody else, um, especially when you uh, when you feel like uh, you can do all those different kinds of tasks, but it's just not realistic to to necessarily do everything. Um, really loved having Lily on the show. So so excited that she was here, and I'm um, really um, uh, want to thank all of you for being here for this uh, particular episode and for your continued support of Roadcase. Uh, you can follow Roadcase on the streaming platforms on Spotify. Just hit that follow box, and on Apple Podcasts, that check mark up in the upper right hand corner. And follow us on social media. It really helps out the show. We're at Roadcase 
Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks again for being here to all of you. Really appreciate you all so much. And I want to send a very special thank you to my friend Lily Winwood for being here on this episode of Road Case. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at RoadcasePod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. Yeah.